We've got loads to get through, girls. You've sent them some great questions. We're going to do our best to get through them quickly, but also hopefully answer them. At the end, if we haven't answered your question or you still want to come and chat to us, then please do, or chat to an orange t-shirt or chat to your youth leader. But we're going to do our best to get through your questions this morning. Um, Just a quick intro to me and these lovely ladies on the panel. My name's Cassie Scafano. I'm from Woking. Um, I'm... I'm married to a gorgeous guy called Ben. I've got four beautiful daughters, Kiki, Isadora, Arietti, and Mitzi. Um, they're five, four, two this week, and four months. And uh, I look after them at home. That's my job. And I'm most looking forward to going home and having a bath. I miss my bath, so that's what I'm really looking forward to. And, and eating on China plate. So the other thing I really miss when I'm camping is china and glasses. I know, I'm just terribly middle class, but that's what I miss when I'm away. So, um, This is Kate Virgo. Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hello, hello. So um, I'm married to Joel Virgo, that some of you may know. We've been married for 15 years now. We, we have five little kids. Well, one's quite big, actually. But um, he's not. Sorry, I mean, he's your age. Duh. Okay, so... Five children. Um, I'm from Brighton, Church of Christ the King. And one of my favourite things I absolutely love doing with passion is playing netball. So I play every Tuesday night and I'm known for being quite competitive at it. So, um, understatement. Understatement, yeah. So that would be be something that I'm very interested in. Hi, my name is Kat. Um, I am also from Brighton. but I've been in Norwich and Bedford, so lots of whoop-whoop. Um, uh, I am not married. I'm single. And I am a nurse. So uh, day-to-day, that's my job. I go into the hospital and I work in the intensive care unit. I used to work in the accident emergency in A&E. And that was a lot of fun. And I have seen lots of hands with fingers missing, lots of legs with feet missing, lots of disgusting, gory things. If you want a gory story, you can come and find me. But my friends always used to laugh because they, they, one of them brought their kid into A&E and he thought it was hilarious that there's a sign-up on the wall that tells you what to do with your amputated digits, as in fingers that are not attached to your body anymore. So there's a, there's a protocol of how to deal with that situation in A&E, which is quite funny. Well, Kat's going to answer our first question, and that is, how do you manage a relationship with God? Great. Uh, just give us a wave if you sent any question in, because we had loads... Oh, great. Hopefully you get your question answered. And like Cassie said, if you don't, then um, please um, hang around at the end and we'd love to talk to you. Um, So, yeah, how do you manage a relationship with God? Um, So, I guess, really, how do you manage any kind of friendship? Um, So, when you've got friends um, or family, people that you spend time with, how do you... It's a bit of a funny way of phrasing it, manage a relationship, but it's just what you do in life, isn't it? You you chat to them, you spend time with them. If you've got friends at school, you might have them around for dinner, um, find time to spend with them. You might make it a priority to see them at the weekend. You might look in your diary or uh, just look at your time in the week and think, oh, I've got 
a little bit of time on Thursday evening and I'd like to see this friend and I might ask my mum if I can have them round. Um, or maybe it's that your, your parents want to spend time with you and they decide to treat you and take you somewhere special. One of my friends, when she turned 13, it was like a big deal that her dad would take each of their kids uh, when they turned 13 um, out on a really big adventure and she got to go and see Britney Spears when she turned 13. It was like a really big deal. So yeah, how do you manage a, um, your relationship with God? Well, think about all your normal earthly friendships and relationships. Um, and with God, really, it's not different. You find time for him, you make time for him, um, you prioritise him. So uh, in terms of spending time reading the Bible and praying, these are all ways that you can get to know God better. And he so wants to spend time with you. God's always free to spend time with you. He's never too busy for you. He's never got no schedule time. He can't kind of squeeze you into five minutes. He's always got time for you. So how do you manage a relationship with God? Just bring him into everything you're doing. Um, so whether you're brushing your teeth or whether you're having a massive exam, you can talk to God about all of those things. You can talk to God about where you're at, how you're feeling, how something's made you feel. And you can listen to him. So he also wants to talk back to you. Um, so there's lots of opportunities to give time to God um, through your day. And yeah, just bring him into your everyday stuff. So whether it's your driving to school, walking to school, coming home, chatting to a friend, and just bring God into all your everyday situations. That would be what I'd say to that. Kate's going to take the next one, which um, is helpful after last night especially. So uh, the question is about the Holy Spirit and being scared of what he might do when he moves, make you do, make your body do. So Kate's going to just address that. Great, yeah. So I was thinking the same after yesterday evening, um, you can sometimes forget that the Holy Spirit is, is God. And it's interesting that often we, can, we don't say we are scared of God, we are scared of Jesus, but we are scared of the Holy Spirit. But all is one, all is God. So God is kind, he is faithful, he has good gifts for you. And that is who we're talking about. We're talking about him, the person of Jesus, that is so caring for those that... That, that need loving, and um, and I could, but I can understand the question after last night. I think we're all very excited when we get into that tent. When especially we know it's someone like Mike Pilavachi comes and speaks to his. It's always a fun night, so we were all really really excitable. Um, and the Holy Spirit can move on people how He wants, so He can move like a mighty rushing wind that is quite petrifying at times, or He can come like a still voice and whisper. So I do understand the question, but you just need to remember, what is God like? What is Jesus like? And he is there to care for you, to protect you, to bring you good gifts. So what I say to my children is when I'm talking to them about it, is um, that actually um, I could go over to any of the people in that room that might be being quite physical with their body and actually say, can I just talk to you for a second? And they can stop, so they are in control of their body, but what they are choosing to do is to let God move in them. And, um, and I don't know about some of it with you, but if, if one of your buddies that you really love gets the giggles next to you, are you, you actually do kind of catch the giggles sometimes off them, don't you? So there's sometimes it's quite hard to separate what is God and what is the Holy Spirit doing. But in other ways, when the Holy Spirit is in you, that we are people full of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't really matter but I just want you to know that these people were still in control of their bodies. But you just need to remember, God can do what he wants and we can trust him. He's faithful and kind. And if people are crying, it's usually because of good things. And those people are getting healed of something maybe physical. 
or something in their hearts. And if they're laughing, it's often bringing joy to people who usually have had some really tough things going on in their lives. Great. Um, I'm going to try and address the issue of dating. We've had a few questions about dating, like um, how do you know when you find the right person? Is it okay to date a non-Christian? What boundaries should I have in a relationship? What, what age is a relationship considered serious? Um, we just want to come to you and tell you that God wants his best for you. And he wants his best for you in every area of your life. And that includes relationships with the opposite sex. So when you're coming and asking these questions, it's really difficult to give you a, well, this is a line, don't cross it. It's really difficult to say, um, you know, because you'll have people that you'll know who were non-Christians who became Christians when they went out with somebody. There are those stories out there. But God wants his best for you. And God's best for you is that you are pure and undamaged and unhurt and relationships can damage us, whether that's through a heartbreak or whether it's through crossing lines that we shouldn't cross until we're married. And so I want to say to you that um, the longer you can hold out and wait to have a boyfriend, the better until you are grown up and you can press into um you, so that you can find out who you are in God first. I know people who had relationships when they're 14 that are now 10 years later and say, I never got over that boyfriend. I'm still damaged by what happened to me in that relationship. And that's not what God wants for you. God wants you to guard your heart. Simon spoke about that a little bit the other day. Um, and that, but that also includes protecting yourself from damage and from hurt that can happen. Because if we put our trust in a guy and that becomes unhealthy, it can affect our relationship with God. And so God wants us to press in to him, to find our identity in him, to find our security in him. Not in another guy telling you that you look good or another guy wanting you physically. Those things are not where we should find our security and our identity. We should find them in God. So I want to encourage you to press into God and to get to know him, to get to know how he feels about you. And as you grow up and as you mature in God, then the things that you'll want in a guy will be godly attributes. And you'll have a desire to be pure and a desire to seek God first. If you've already had relationships that you've been hurt in, if you've already crossed lines in relationships, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to chat those things through with you. Or go and chat with your parents, your youth leaders, somebody that you trust that you feel like you can open up about these things. But God wants his best for you. And his best is purity. And his best is pressing into his purposes at the moment. Does anyone want to add anything to that one? So um, I was just going to say as well that it's a really good way. Um, so obviously it's totally fine to have guys that are your friends. It's great to have lots of mixed groups of friends, hang out with girls and boys. That's totally fine. We're not saying don't be friends with boys. Um, that's not at all what Cassie's been saying. Um, but just, yeah, being friends with boys is a really good way of learning how to honour them. So, so practice being the best possible sister. Practice being the best sister to your guys that are friends in your youth groups or even in your schools. I don't have to be Christian guys but just be a great sister I know for me when guys treat me like a sister um, and are really brotherly towards me it's so encouraging it's so good for me it really helps me it helps point me back to God and say thank you God for that great friend so be that great friend be that girl
girl that is honouring of her brothers, that loves the guys in her life in a good, godly, sisterly way. Um, and that will bless the boys as well. So not just yourself, not only will you be blessed because it will help you point you to God, but it will point the guys to God as well. And that will really bless them. So just, yeah, go above and beyond. And, uh, and, and yeah, just really seek excellence in the way you're friends with the boys. And my husband said to me, one of the things that attracted him to me was my heart for God. And that can be a great way. You know, if you want to be attractive, then press into God. Because it doesn't matter what your outward appearance is like, but your heart will shine through. And yeah, get stuck into God. It's the best thing. Okay, the next question, um, we're going to group a couple together and Kate's going to address them. Is masturbating wrong? Is it mentioned in the Bible? Is lust a sin or just acting on it? So, um, masturbation isn't, I can't find a verse in the Bible to read to you and say this is how it works, this is what you should do or not do. So um, I'm going to just use some common sense from reading about other verses in the Bible. So it says about love being gracious, love being kind, love is pure. And love is sacrificial, laying down your life for someone else. And what I know about masturbation, masturbation is basically, in a sentence, I'd say it's just pleasuring yourself sexually. Um, Pleasuring yourself is therefore a selfish act. Most of the time, it is to actually, it's not honouring anyone else it's just building yourself up in a negative way and putting yourself first and the other things that God talks about a lot is marriage and marriage is where you give yourself and lay it down for somebody else masturbation is taking 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 so I would say that masturbation is incredibly unhelpful to the point where I think I would say masturbation is wrong from what I work out for myself. Um, The other thing I'd say is it's actually quite addictive. So what I mean by this is I've known people that have got into a habit of masturbating and then they find it incredibly difficult to stop. And then what the devil loves doing is making you feel ashamed of that sin, feeling ashamed of what you're doing. And then it's really difficult to talk about it and tell someone else about it. So the devil has an absolute laugh over this subject. So whoever put this question in, what I would say to you is at this point, God loves you and God wants you right now, if this is a question you're asking, is to talk to somebody else about it, somebody else that you trust, a youth leader, somebody else that... um, that knows you, cares for you, and that, that, that um, looks to the Bible for where they get their, their life, their life journey and what they're getting up to. So um, that's what I'd say to you. Um, and please, don't, if, you're, if you've started getting involved in this act, then please don't get stuck in shame and in a cycle of not being able to talk about it because it's, um, it's something that can be with you for life, but God can break in and, and deal with you and help you with it. And, um, and then the other question was about lust, if you don't mind. Yeah, that one again. go ahead. Is, it, is lust a sin or just acting on it? Okay, so, so temptation is not a sin. So if you are tempted to go nick something off the lost property stand, or if you are tempted to, um, to masturbate or something else, that is not a sin. 
Lust is when you have a fleeting thought of something sexual. So it could be just like a, 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 a fit guy. But then lust is when you take it the next step further and you choose to dwell on thinking about it. So lust is not temptation. So I think if, if you're tempted to do something, you then think of good things, honourable things, and you can talk about it. Lust is when you carry on thinking about it. So I would say lust is a sin, but I'd say that temptation isn't. And it's really, really good to get close friends that you can talk about temptation. And that is something that you do from the age of 12, 11. And it is something that, so I'm 40 now, and I still talk a lot about temptation to my buddies. And that is not a sin. That is just saying, I still find this tempting. So um, we, we won't go through now and list our temptations, but I can guarantee they're all going to be different for each one of us. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose, but we come back to a loving Father that, praise God, always forgives. Amen. Amen. Kat, how do I stand out and be different? We had a couple of questions that were around that area. Um, one about gossip, girls talk behind people's backs. How do I stand out from that? Uh, one said, oh, I go to a Christian school. How can I be different and get my friends interested in God? Kat's going to answer that one. Great. I love this question. I love that. Um, like, yeah, in the few questions that we had about that, uh, just your heart is that you want to stand up and um, speak truth and maybe um, in a school or an environment where there's a lot of um, other stuff being said you want to stand up and be different for Jesus and he absolutely just loves the heart behind that so I just want to really commend you that if your desire is to be different for Jesus and to stand out for him like that is such a good thing and uh, that is something that God really loves and who will honor so actually if your heart is to do that then God also will help you to do that um, so he's given us his Holy Spirit um, and that means that obviously then we become more like God and we have godly attributes so um, I think it goes back to sort of a little bit just about what Kate was just saying that um, that the temptation so if girls around you are gossiping and the temptation is that you could make yourself look better um, by joining in the gossip and saying how how you know whatever that other person they're gossiping about making yourself look better by talking badly about them um, the temptation would be to do that, but you can break that by choosing to talk well of that other person. So it's finding ways in that situation to honour God. Um, so, yeah, the, the heart behind it, though, I think is key, because I think if your heart is to be different and to honour God in those situations, then just examine that situation that you've thought about and think about how can I... How can, God, how can God use me in that situation? So I think one of them was about being in a church school, and I'm assuming from that, it may not be the point of your question, that you're saying that you're having assemblies and they're talking about Jesus, but your faith is different from what you're hearing in assembly or what the teachers are telling you. Um, and yeah, again, just use those opportunities. So ask God for an opportunity to talk about that um, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you, and then just use the opportunity. So I know for myself at school, I used to pray for opportunities to talk to my friends, and often something would come up in conversation, maybe a question about creation, or a question about evolution, or a question about sex before marriage, all of the kind of hot topics that you might like to talk about with your friends at school. And sometimes I would rise to the challenge, and I'd really feel God speak through me, and I'd be able to have great conversations with my friends, and be able to talk to them about my faith and about my church. And sometimes I wouldn't, and I'd kind of back down, and I wouldn't address it. And that, both of those, it's totally fine. Like, God just wants you to um, keep coming to him, keep going 
going for it. And when you have those opportunities, just seize those opportunities um, and use them. Again, it's great training ground, great practice. And like Simon said about being faithful in the little things and God will give you more and more. Um, If that's something that's really on your heart, be faithful in that. Just ask God for help um, and give it a go and he'll give you more and more. You all all right out there? Some big questions we're trying to answer here and we haven't got loads of time, so they're quick answers. Give me a smile. Give me a hi-ya! Great. I'm glad you're all still there. Okay. Is God a girl or a guy? Why is he referred to as a he? Are we inferior? I'm going to take that one. Um, So the Bible talks about God and uses language where he often is referred to as, as a he. But the, the Bible uses a lot of language that we have updated now. So it talks about God making man in his image. But it's talking about man and woman. So Eve was made in God's image as well. So if you look at Genesis 1, when God created the world, he created man and woman in his image. So both man and woman are, the, are under God's image. They're equal in position. Um, he loves man and woman equally. We, um, there's no superiority of male over female. That's not in scripture at all. All the way through, women are honored um, as equals to men. There are things that um, mean that often we refer to God as a man. Jesus was male. Um, That's quite clear in scripture that he was definitely a man. God is the father. That's a male thing, isn't it? So we would often call God the father a he. Um, But also there are descriptions in scripture where God is described with maternal things. So it talks about a hen mothering her chicks. And the Holy Spirit is described as the helper, which is a similar way that Eve was described as Adam's helper. So Please don't ever think, oh, I'm inferior or God is superior because he's male. God's superior because he's God. And it's very difficult for us to give him a gender because he's God. You know, he's not, uh, Jesus was a man, but God is spirit. And um, we can't attribute, can't give God human attributes of gender. He doesn't have that. Sometimes we talk about God's hands. God is holding the world in his hands. Well, God doesn't really have hands, but it's a way that we use to help us understand who God is and what he's like. And that's the same when we're referring to gender as well. So God has things about him which are masculine. Jesus was a male. But it's a, it's a very difficult thing to get your head around that actually he's just different to us. We were made in his image. And us girls, we're the pinnacle of creation. You know, he made man and then he thought, actually, I'll make women as well to, just to make sure I get it just right. So you girls, you're the pinnacle of creation, not inferior at all. Um, a question that came off the back of that um, was also, what about women preaching? Is women preaching okay? Um, it was a separate question, but for me, it's linked in. Um, if you go to churches, um, through our uh, churches here, you'll get a massive range of what they think is acceptable of whether women preach or whether women don't. Even in my eldership at my church, some of the elders think a woman should never speak on a Sunday and others think actually it's okay for them to do that sometimes. So biblical principles of what's right uh, for a man and woman to do can be worked out differently in different churches and in different places. Um, 
I would say that probably across the board, most of the churches here would say that headship is generally male. And that happens in a marriage and that happens in a church. And how that's worked out in terms of preaching or leadership in your church will vary from which church you go to. So if you want to find out more about this and lots of other topics, there's seminars that have been on either this week or in the past at New Day, which you can get online. Um, So I'm really just scratching the surface um, of a whole can of worms about the role of women but if you want to dig into that further then you can uh, search out seminars that have happened this week or in the past that cover a lot of these topics so get onto the new day website and they're easily downloadable for you to um, dig a bit deeper into these topics okay what next cat would you please answer for us i'm confused about healing why doesn't he heal why doesn't god always heal when i pray Great. It's a great question and definitely one um, that I've asked and I've personally experienced. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it, it's important that, um, you know, that God can heal every single sickness, every disease, every problem, every kind of depression, every kind of anxiety. Um, that It's not that he can't do some things and he can do other things. God can do everything. He's created every single one of us and he knows um, everything about our bodies and he knows all about our sicknesses. And he also hates sickness. He hates sickness and death that God never um, wanted us to go through sickness. He never wanted us um, to die, that in the Garden of Eden there was no death, um, that in heaven there will be no death. Um, and that is God's first plan. Um, but um, obviously then um, sin came into the world um, in the Garden of Eden. And now we live in a fallen world to so experience sickness and death and um, all of those things. So then when you pray for somebody and you see them healed, then that's amazing that God is bringing a glimpse of heaven onto earth and seeing that person healed. But actually what's more amazing is salvation. So God has made a way for us not to be um, forever bound by sickness and death, but one day we will all be in heaven um, and we will be saved. And that's the that's the point of the Bible. That's the point of Jesus. That's what God has done. He's redeemed creation. So he created the world. Sickness and death came in with, this, with sin and the fall. And then Jesus came and made a way for us to now not have sickness and death when we go to heaven um, by accepting him. So if you've made a decision to become a Christian this week, well done. So amazing. We're so pleased for you. And that ultimately is, is the ultimate healing that when you die, you're going to go and be with Jesus in heaven. Um, so just to go back to that question... Um, I think it comes back to the character of God that God um, is good and he is kind all the time but sometimes we learn things and we learn about ourselves and we learn about God through the situations we go through in life and not that he wants pain and suffering for you but that he wants to grow you and teach you and help you to be more like him. And sometimes he might use those things to do that. Um, So it's not wrong to pray for healing in every opportunity and to keep praying for healing. And if you haven't been healed or if a friend hasn't been healed, to keep praying for it, praying for it, praying for it, keep persevering in it, keep believing that God can do it, but also know that he's good whether he does that or not. And he's also made a way for complete total healing in Jesus on the cross and that that is the ultimate miracle, the ultimate um, healing is being saved and going to heaven when you die um so i think it's it's a complicated issue and it's definitely one that you should definitely speak to your youth leaders about get some support in it can be really um hard if you're personally going through sickness and you've not been healed and i'd really understand that and i feel like i don't want to kind of um uh, you know just kind of like make that into a small issue because i know it's not a small issue um but equally um god would want you to know more about his character and about who you are in him um, than necessarily um 
always just bring healing in a moment um, and not for you not to learn and grow through that journey. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that kind of is clear enough and gives you a bit of... Um, just personally, so I... Um, never really had any big sicknesses um, in my teenage years. And when I turned uh, 21, um, I um, suddenly got diagnosed with this thing called ulcerative colitis. So in my intestines, I have ulcers and that bleeds and it can be painful and gives me some horrible symptoms. So quite often I've had, I've had times where I've had diarrhea for months. That's, that's hideous and it's not nice and it's embarrassing and you're trying to do your job and you're trying to go about normal life and it's not fun. Um, and... I'd prayed and prayed and prayed and God hadn't healed me. Um, I've been in lots of meetings, lots of opportunities where people like Adrian Holloway are speaking. I've really had faith, God, I know you can heal me. I know you're good. I know you don't want this for me. Um, and I haven't been healed and I've had years and years of not being healed. Um, in the last six months, I've had no symptoms. It didn't happen in a meeting. I didn't get a special feeling. I trust that God has healed me and that it's gone forever. But I'm not sure that that is whether it's just the disease has gone into a remission period or whether God has healed me, it's really unclear. But actually, I feel like I don't really need to know because I know that God is good and I know that he loves me and I know that he can heal me and maybe that's what it is, but maybe it's not and he's going to teach me more about his character through what I'm going through. So, yeah, hopefully that just helps as well bring a little bit of personal experience that you're not on your own if you're suffering and please speak to somebody about it. We're going to answer two more questions. Um, Kate's going to do the next one, which is, I want to know God more, but I know I'm gay. What do I do? Um, okay, so to, to this person, I'd say, if you're making these kind of decisions when you're 12 to 14, it's, um, at this, this age bracket that you're in is an age where you are asking a lot of questions. You're trying to find out your likes, your dislikes, there's a lot of pressure from others to like certain things and dislike certain things. So I would say don't make any big decisions at all. Um, keep with, with a youth leader talking about feelings you've got, thoughts you've got, temptations you've got. And, um, and don't, yeah, just don't make any big decisions at this point. Um, I think um, God's got good plans for you and he's got the best plans for you and I think that is what I'd want you to be working out with someone else. There's going to be a lot of talks on this subject that I can't do justice in these two minutes but I would say um, that it's just so so key to just... I almost wouldn't want you to label yourself as anything at this age. You are a child of God if you're a Christian and you are his and he loves you dearly and um, and... Sometimes there's some temptations that some people have and, um, and others don't have them. But there are youth leaders that you've got that love you and care for you and want to advise you and want to help you. So at this point, I would say don't put any labels on yourself, any of you, but, um, and, yeah, and talk to your youth leader. So, yeah, it's not very much, but I think that is without knowing your situation, that is what my advice would be at this point. Great. So I'm just going to whiz through a couple that we've got left, which are what kind of clothes does God like us to wear? Um, is it okay to listen to Paramore? I like this kind of music. Is that okay with God? Um, and if God loves us, then why do we need to change? So I want to say to you that um, when you're thinking about what kind of lis- music you listen to or what kind of clothes that you wear or a good standard to think about is, is it good for me? Is it good for other people? So if you're listening to something like Parable, um, 
I've got a Paramore album. Uh, does that make me cool? I've got a Paramore album. Um, and uh, it, it doesn't do me any harm listening to that. But if you're listening to something that's stirring emotions in you that are making you angry or that's putting bad thoughts into your head or you're watching music videos that um, are causing you to lust or um, get angry or experiment with different things, that's when, that's when it gets dangerous because you're feeding yourself with bad stuff. Okay, so if, if, you're, if you think that the music you're listening to, the stuff you're watching on the television isn't feeding you, then I would say, then yeah, don't watch it because you want to feed yourself with what's good. The Bible says that we should dwell on what's good, what's noble, what's true. I'm, my husband despairs of me because I'm so sensitive about what I, what I watch on television nowadays. There's so things probably I could have watched 10 years ago that now I just don't want to watch because there's bad language in it or violence or sex that actually I just doesn't, it's not comfortable for me and I'm not feeding myself with good stuff. So if what you're listening to or you're, what you're watching is feeding you bad things, then I would say cut it off and get rid of it. Flee from that, that temptation. In terms of what you're wearing, think about, well, is it good for other people? Am I wearing something that's going to be unhelpful for somebody else? So, you know, you might look and think, actually, no, I think this is okay. And then go for it. You know, I don't want to draw a line and say, oh, you should wear this, you shouldn't wear that. We've all got different tastes. We've all got different things that we like to wear. Um, and something that I might wear might be less appropriate than you because I've got bigger boobs than you. So I put it on and I've got a huge cleavage. You put it on and it looks great. So some item of clothing will be fine for you to wear and not look stupid on me. If I wore a crop top nowadays, oh my goodness, it would be horrific. It, wouldn't be, it would be unhelpful, not because it would be sexy, but because everyone would be like, what is that jelly belly? So, you know, it's a very difficult question to ask, but just your standard could be, is it good for me? Is it good for other people? And you can apply that to clothes, music, what you're watching on the television. And somebody asked a question about, if, if God loves us as we are, why do I need to change? And um, Kat, do you want to touch on that really quickly? I said we'd do two, but actually you were going to do that one, so go for it. That's fine, yeah. Okay, I think... Um yeah, again, the question's sort of in two parts. So I'll just really quickly try and, and summarise. But if God loves us, why do we need to change? Yes, God loves you. So in one sense, you don't need to change. God loves you just as you are. You can come as you are. He's not asking you to do a whole list of rules and regulations before you come to him. He's a God of grace, and he loves you just as you are. Um, woohoo! Yeah, it's good news. Um, yeah, and that is true. That's true, and I could stop there. But the more that we get to know God and the more that we um, have a relationship with him, the more time we spend with him, the more our heart does actually change, our desire changes, what we want changes. We want to be more like him. We want to um, grow in that relationship with him. And I know for myself, I have looked back on my life and thought, oh, I've changed. And it's not because I've kind of stuck to the rule book and done it really well and tried really hard but I've asked God to come and change me and he's done that and sometimes that has been difficult and I've had to make decisions that I wouldn't that are not the easy decision but God has done that he's changed um, things within me um, and yes yeah, so the Bible's really clear about grace that we're under grace that it's not about rules you don't have to tick the boxes in order to come to Jesus um, but that the more time you spend with him the more time you're filled with his Holy Spirit then the fruits of the Spirit are goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control and things that are godly characteristics so the more time you spend with God and the more you ask for his presence the more you will change that is what will happen and he wants the best for you and he wants you to be the best you can be and he's made you just as you are um, in order to make you the best you can be 
from the questions that you've sent in, we can see that um, we've got a, just a massive range of questions, but we've got women here that are seeking after God. You want to know more about God, you want to understand what's right and what's wrong, you want to know more of him and have more of him in your life, you want to be examples in your school, and all those things are great. So I just want to encourage you to keep asking questions. You know, we, with three names that you might have seen on stage this week or you've seen um, Joel around and we want to come and help you. But actually, your youth workers will be able to answer a lot of these questions. Your parents will be able to answer a lot of these questions. So please don't sit there thinking, my question wasn't answered or they didn't answer it enough. Go back and keep asking questions. Ask questions about scripture. You know, we've had a couple of theological questions about healing or about God. What's his character like? Is he male? Is he female? But we've had questions that we would call pastoral questions, which are things you're going through. Well, and we want to make sure you're looked after through those issues. So we're going to give you a chance to respond and come and ask us questions that haven't been answered to chat or pray through things with orange t-shirts here. But go back and talk to your youth leaders as well and talk to people in your churches. So if you're an orange t-shirt, could you just come out to the front for me so that you're here before um, we say goodbye to these lovely young people? Anything that has come up today, anything that's come up this week, any question, anything you want prayed for, then please, please, please come and deal with it now. Anything that you would like. No, there might be a queue, there might be one of you, but if there's anything that we've touched on that you would like to respond to this morning, then don't go straight away. Come and chat to one of these ladies who are probably just as wise or even wiser than the three of us sitting here. So they can help you just as well as us. But we'll be around as well if you want to chat with us and pray with us. We're finished in here from the front. So um, go and enjoy your lunches. But if you want to deal with anything, then please come and chat and pray with us too.